Welcome to the Within Crisis Podcast, where we discuss our history with video games, as well as this episode, our love for Final Fantasy XIV. We pop over so you can see all our lovely co-hosts. Uh, I am Flynn Lawlight, uh, usually found over on the Zodiac server of fourteen. Uh, just below me is Ash, a fellow Free Company member. To the top right, you got uh, Chris Montoya, also known as Tarkov Gaming. <laughs> and below him, uh, Mike Byrne, Mr. Magic Man 1. Since Tark is making me laugh the hardest, Tark, go now to introduce <laughs> yourself. Hi, my name's Tarkoth. Uh, I play Final Fantasy fourteen. I just downloaded the game two days ago, so I'm still st- uh, just starting. I'm like, just barely got to the stupid. dungeon. <laughs> stupid. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm dumb. <laughs> Uh, but I, no, I've been uh, playing since um, technically 1.0, although that only lasted like a month because <laughs> it was so bad. Um, but I have, uh, since 2.0 launched, I have been sub- subscribed nonstop, and uh, I love the game and can't wait to talk about it. Uh, Mr. Boone? Flynn, you English! Oh, am I allowed to swear? I'm Welsh. What <laughs> a start. Welsh. My apologies. My apologies. Aye. Oh yeah. Am I... Are we allowed to swear? Yeah. Okay. He, found that more... he found that more offensive than the swearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. You Welsh bastard! It's nice to That's finally good. meet you. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Thank you for supporting all the stuff we do. It's good oh, to be here. Yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh. Well, yeah. I was one I actually played longer than a month because yeah I'm a glutton for punishment I guess it just yeah we did beta we did 1.0 all the way through to uh, shutdown and then rolled into 2.0 uh, into, into alphas into betas and here we are today still playing the damn thing still playing so the close- legacy? I am not legacy so interestingly okay. stupidly um, I shut my account down a couple of months prior to the ending um, and missed the legacy date by like thir- 13 days or 14 days when I went back to look at it. It sucked. It sucked. So, no, I'm not technically legacy, but I'm old school. Let's say it. Th- let's call it that, I guess. All right. Ash, over to you. Yeah, so, uh, my name's Ash. I'm one of uh, the fellow FC members of. Uh... FC. Uh, I did join uh, during 1.0. Uh, I lasted about maybe a day, if that. Not because the game was awful. It was. It was like a play for a play of it because my computer just could not play 1.0. Mm. So I, just, I bought the game full price. Couldn't play it. Disappointment. Uh, I think it was around 2017 then I joined back up again uh, and I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, I know you you couldn't play, but when you were standing still, those barrels looked pretty sweet, didn't they? Come on. It was a sufficient spot just outside Limsa. I think I managed just about to pull off some fishing, and that was probably the most memorable part of 1.0 that I can remember. (laughs) And it was lovely. So yeah, onto myself uh, again. I did play some 1.0 mainly because Ash is like, do you know they released another MMO for uh, Final Fantasy? Did they? Yeah, it's currently like two pound on Amazon. 
fine, I'll give it a go. PC can't run it. <laughs> All I, I did chuck like 50 odd hours, and I was just spent uh, not understanding how the game worked, punching sheep in Limsa and fishing in the connection between the city and middle of Nosha. That was my 1.0 experience. Uh, 2.0, I got in around. Ooh, Circus Tower was new. So that's the okay, point okay. I got in. Uh, uh, Rogue in Dragoon at that point. 6.3. Or, I'm sorry, 2.3. 2. 6.3. 6. 3. 3. Wow. <laughs> There's a just released today. It's, it's on my mind, okay? <laughs> yeah, good old uh, 6.1. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it is with 14. But this show isn't just about that. Uh, let's start with you, Ash. Uh, what is your history with gaming in general? Mm. Uh, well, you know, like I'm 31, so like most 31 year olds, uh, my gaming started back under 10 years of age mark when Pokemon was all the rage. So, yeah, my first kind of experience, uh, my first game console was uh, the original Game Boy, so that was kind of my introduction so it was kind of that rpg element and you know it's kind of stuck with that ever since so that i have friends who play kind of the first place uh, first person shooters and it just never appealed to me i've tried i've tried playing other games but rpgs have always been my thing uh <clears throat> so yeah i i think the really odd one to start with the first final fantasy game i picked up was final fantasy 10 part 2 so played it completed it, it didn't make any sense from the fact that <laughs> I was gonna say that's a weird one to jump into. <laughs> it was. I would just think by the title, I'd be like, 10 catch two? Wait, what? This is the part, second part of a 10? I don't get it. Could you imagine being that being your first experience in Final Fantasy? Uh, is the Yuna Riku Pain music video scene that yeah, starts that Char game? Charlie's what angels, is yes. this? But you have to admit, Riku's hook punch sold it <laughs> now you gotta you gotta think when 10 2 came out i was 13 so it, it, i had the game given to me i couldn't really afford to get games at the time and i think i was smitten for with you clearly when i was certain years of age yeah, so, it was the girl oh, of course, you of got course. three girls in your party you're like hey <laughs> so yeah so 10 2 really odd one to start with but uh yeah Final Fantasy 10 and uh of course after that and Seven, thank this is obviously the, the the most iconic one that anyone I talked to who was in the Final Fantasy because uh, I was a beginner and I just kind of got into that world. They all mentioned seven. I know some people might see it as kind of the overrated, but for good reason, I guess. But so, yeah, that's that's pretty much my introduction. I've kind of stuck to it ever since. Alright, Mr. Venus, head over to you. 31, bunch of babies on this show. Bunch of babies. Yep. Bunch of babies. Again, yeah. I'm an old man. Old man plus one. Yeah, that's why that's 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 why I take you everywhere. <laughs> like I just keep bringing Tark with me. I'm not the oldest one. Um, I'm done with this podcast. I'm out of here. No, I'm just kidding. You're only as young as the people you podcast with. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, gaming-wise, I did... My dad uh, had a an original Pong system. Obviously, that's before my time, but... So, I, I, I'm 41. So, he had an original Pong system. He had an Atari 2600. Uh, he had a Commodore 64. So, that was, like, my Genesis 
in gaming was those three things. But you know, obviously, those were when I was when I was in the mid '80s, like wanting to play video games and stuff like that. Those technologies were already past, right? Like the North American uh, game uh, game crash, game market crash had already happened back in '83. You know, I was born in 81, so these were things of the past, but I liked messing around with them, getting Dad to pull those out. The first console that we, like, I I was, had on, you know, while it was still in stores was the NES, and it wasn't even mine. It was a gift from my grandmother to my mother for her birthday, and then that was it. I, I was just hooked, absolutely hooked. Zelda with my dad, uh, Mario with my dad. We'd turn the volume down, put on his LPs of various music and stuff, and it was just a blast. Uh, on the final, and I've been a collector ever since. I still have all of the systems. There's like 40 video game systems or so in this house right now. And uh, with Final Fantasy, it's ironic. It's Final Fantasy two in the nor- in North America. Final Fantasy four in the series was my first delving into not just Final Fantasy, but RPGs in general. Now, I had dabbled in one here and there. I dabbled in Dragon Warrior uh, here on the NES, too, but never sunk any time in them. Final Fantasy II, quote, quote, uh, was the one that got me renting that from far more entertainment. That was a... Think think Walgreens or Rite Aid opening up a rental place to try and compete with Blockbuster at the time, and you have an idea of what far more entertainment was. But yeah, repeatedly renting Final Fantasy IV over and over and over again so that nobody else could get it and erase my save file. Uh, that was the first one, and I'm hooked ever since. Ever since. Nice. Just to add on to this, uh, with the gaming aspect of this, it doesn't just have to be video games because I know you are a massive TCG oh, yeah. as well. How about yeah, you streaming yeah, yeah. the TCGs and any tabletop or anything like that? Uh, fi- well, obviously, I did Magic the Gathering when it came out because uh, <laughs> you guys are babies. Uh, I was show. right. I was like 12, 13, 14 when Magic the Gathering came out. I still have Alpha, Beta, and and Unlimited and Revised cards. Uh, in the in the house here, uh, I kind of fell out of that at like eighteen nineteen, and then really didn't pick up uh, TCGs again until my boys became like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old and started getting back into magic. And so I taught them, you know, all that stuff. And now Final Fantasy trading card game has absolutely just taken over my TCG life. And then we'll put it we'll put a ready check radio board game shelfie up sometime because yeah it's it's a mess here i got three kids they're all into it the wife's into it i'm into it so it's like you never have to be like well this game's 65 dollars, honey is that gonna be okay she's you know she's the one that's like get it get it sounds fun get it i'm like all right uh, well if you say so if you say so remember y'all said yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah you, you know, said uh, no. I know. I don't want to hear about it when there's no money for shoes. There's, <laughs> you, you said to buy this. Can't get you your new car. We had to buy that game. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Talk over to you. So I am old plus one. So my uh, <laughs> entry uh, into gaming goes all the way back to the Intellivision um, Burger Time, Advanced Legend of Dragons, Ladybug, Dig Dug, uh, 
some great classic titles. Um, RPGs didn't really catch me until I, I dabbled with Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy One. Um, but like Burn, um, it's when Final Fantasy Two, which now everyone knows is four, that pink box and rented it over and over and over again uh, from the little mom and pop shot, you know, begging my mother. Can we please just re-rent it? Because I don't want my save file to get deleted yep. by someone else. So um, that is by and far my favorite Final Fantasy. I love Cecil, Kane, the whole crew. Um, seeing f 14 pay homage to that with this expansion has just been just oh, chef's kiss. Yeah. It's been awesome. Um, I've also dabbled in, in TCGs and CCGs. Um, started with Magic. I remember getting four Sheevan dragons and being like, oh, I'm the best magic player in the world. <laughs> and not, not understanding the game at all. Just like, I just knew I had those and was like, yeah, my deck is awesome. Um, really got into it with the Star Wars CCG. Um, Star yeah. Wars is another one of my favorites, uh, games, um, uh, IPs, I should say. Um, it was one of those that I, I would go to tournaments, um, almost got to regionals with that, um, made one bad play in, in the last game and damn it. Uh, anyways, um, after that though, um, kicked the bucket. I haven't really picked it up, uh, since then. Um, I would love to play Final Fantasy TCG, but there's just, there's no community around where I live. Unfortunately, I, I did look, um, but yeah, um been gaming ever since um in the in television it's it's in my blood nice uh for myself uh it is memories i have is like the plug and play games if you know what i'm talking about just plug in around the thing around oh the yeah preloaded games uh playing pong and space invaders all that stuff then i ended up having like an amiga commodore 64 but the one I remember is my Super Nintendo. That was my first console. And just mm. Super Mario World. I don't remember anything else I played other than Super Mario World. <laughs> I played a little bit. One of the best consoles ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the console I regret losing as a kid. Mm. My mother had a habit of, yes, I played with it for a week. I'm getting rid of it. Ooh. Considering how many hours I've spent over oh. my lifespan. <laughs> Some, some less fortunate child is uh, get to experience the joy yeah. of that console. There's, yeah, there's some Ash is right. There's somebody on another <laughs> podcast right now that's like, I don't know this. This person showed up and they just said, my kid don't use it anymore. They handed it to me. I've, it's been amazing ever since. Changed my life. That's where I started video gaming. And Flynn's like, son of a. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, a standout game uh, just speaking up for me back then was Lawnmower Man. Even oh wow! That's wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. 3D on the arcade shooter. That just blew my mind yeah. back then. That blew my mind. That was like that, that was like the first time you played Star Fox on SNES, yeah. and you were like, "What is this?" Yeah, that was that was pretty much uh, F Zero did that for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mode Seven graphics, yeah. 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 From then, uh, my first experience with uh, PlayStation One was at the friend's house never queued on the console before I was you know a nerd just stayed at home playing my Super Nintendo didn't get magazines I just played Super Mario <laughs> but yeah. uh, ended up at a friend's house playing Tekken 3 it's like this is fucking amazing 
<laughs> no, played uh, rounds. Didn't even know how to change uh, characters. Course, she was probably pressing squares at X. So it was just like crazy introduction of controls. And then uh, went to another friend's house and saw uh, Final Fantasy VIII. The weirdest place you could ever watch it, which is the car rental in Esther City in this free. What? Just like this game looks amazing. <laughs> I need to get this. <laughs> Ma'am, I want a PS1, I want Final Fantasy, whatever one that was. Ended up with Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> Love 7, eventually got 8, played the hell out of 8 over the years. I have uh, at least platinumed it at least once through PlayStation, Xbox, Thousand out of Thousand. I just got obsessed with the game. So much so, there's a Griever tattoo on my arm which you can't really see. Nice. But yeah, played a lot of it over the years then. Just fell in love with the series as a whole. When I ended up getting PSP, going back to the re-releases for 1, 2, 3, 4. And now playing stupid amount of hours of 14. <laughs> Having, as Ash would say, a weird encyclopedic knowledge of the most random mundane things in that game. It's it's, it's great. If I'm, if I'm stuck, I just jump on Discord and go ball and I'll just explain the most obscure thing like where, where am I where, where do I go and, and he's, he's like right. the Tom Tom he's the Tom Tom sat nav of Final Fantasy XIV fantastic but yeah and, uh, <laughs> after the PlayStation 1 uh, ended up with the PS2 uh, had a demo disc for Dark Cloud and just fell in love with that oh uh, man I so... forgot about Dark Cloud Dark Cloud 2 is damn good too yeah, yeah. Dark, uh, Dark Chronicle Dark we know that over in yeah. the UK yeah. I uh, picked those two up on, on the PS5 uh, but Three pound each, so yeah. I, I first time playing through Dark Cloud, and I played it a few days ago. From you yeah, it was just uh, the PS2 was the earring game in that I uh, brought in my horizons, tried as many different genres as possible first person shooters, uh, yeah. football, well, soccer to you, uh, <laughs> anything I could get my hands on, <laughs> I gave a try. But it was RPGs that solidified what I fell in love with. But uh, Moon Badger, Moon Badger in chat, basically saying you type in FF14 Wiki and your name and website comes up. So apparently, apparently yeah. you're Mass the Wiki. <laughs> I am the founder of knowledge for most of uh, the uh, If you remember back uh, in the Realm of Born, you had to go to the Flaming Wall in uh, Eastern Fanaland and you had to go down mm -hmm. that little gully. Everyone yeah. I knew used to get lost and not see that get. I said, "What level question one?" Etc. Uh, Etc. Et it's like, right, <laughs> you go to where the marker is, and it's a little side alley, and you just walk down. <laughs> and that's where it stands from. It's like I'm going to remember the most random stuff because I know someone will ask. <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, uh, I've got a Switch, I've got a PC, I've got a Series S, got a PS4, so still very much there. With my gaming uh, with other gaming uh, got into Yu-Gi-Oh thanks to a friend back in 2006 back when it was a very very slow format uh, still play it on and off today when it becomes right you're starting your turn I'm gonna cook some food have a cup of tea and you might be <laughs> done with your first turn like yeah, you've seen a bit I'm, of it in Master Duel it's dead. even worse I'm, in real life <laughs> And I might be dead. I'm not yeah. sure. I'll yeah, find I'll out find when out. I come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've recently got into the Digimon TCG, which I've been really enjoying. 
me and Ash have both tried to learn the FFTCG by ourselves and just like yeah right we've gone from okay we think they get us to this has turned into a chess grandmaster thought process and I don't know what's <laughs> happening I, I, I have played some Magic the Gathering so some of the rules of the FFTCG kind of made sense but then yeah yeah you're, you're like 15 minutes rule. away from learning it if you have an MTG background at all yeah. Uh, well, we're still on our history begeman. Uh Let's start with the 2D era, uh, 2D era. What is a game that stands out above the competition for you? Like, whether it's just nostalgia, whether it's just something era. that this is something everyone should play. Oh. See, mine are mine are boring, but they're very they're very nostalgic. My dad passed away years ago, right? But and uh, very young, he was you know like fifty two. He, he didn't he didn't live the way the the length he should have. Um, and him and I were very close when it, particularly when it came to gaming. Like he loved the original Legend of Zelda, Mario Brothers, then into the Super Nintendo era. You know, we we played all of those games together. Uh, if they were single-player games, we took turns. If they were two-player games, but the the ones that that stick out the most, the ones that I remember, are Atari uh, Space Invaders, because that always became a score competition between us, and then turned into a bet from my dad that I couldn't roll the score, uh, send it from nines back to zero, and so I probably spent like three days with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Uh, Space Invaders before I did roll the score to win 20 bucks from my dad. Fast forward years later, we have Zelda like on lockdown in our head uh, as far as where everything is and the fastest. We're like, we were speed running before there was speed running, boys. That's, that's what dad and I were doing. And he bet me again I couldn't beat it without dying once. Uh, and so I played it all through the day to, to do that one. Uh, I was allowed to take one death because I had to go sit at the dinner table for dinner or something. A lot of people don't do anymore, right? But I had I to go sit. Kids now, actually. Yeah, right? I, I had to sit at the dinner table. So I was like, well, Dad, you know, can I? He was like, yeah, go ahead and get killed there. But I did do it. So I, I won $40 from my dad on two different games. So you've probably played them. You've probably beaten them to death. But those are going to be my two. And think about this with that story. You know, $20 back in that day, man, that was a fortune. <laughs> that was a fortune. I hate you. I hate you. Uh, now I'm going to look up It's what bad is... enough that, uh, you know, just a small can of Coke television? now. <laughs> the price of a small can of Coke, when me and Ash were kids, we could go to the shop, buy a bottle of Coke, crisp, chocolate, sweets, the lot, come out with, with a big bag of it. <laughs> And you know that's only thirty years. Never mind uh, that. Oh my God! That actually those twenty twenty bucks then I've estimated like nineteen eighty nine, right? Eighty nine ninety. <laughs> What's the converted amount right now? Almost forty six dollars. Good lord! I almost won a video game from <laughs> my uh, from my from my dad. <gasps> Chat just mentioned Bubble Bobble. Oh my oh, I love Bubble God, Bubble. the hours I sunk into Bubble Bobble. Hell yeah. That and Burger Time were like two of my all-time favorites. Do you know how long I played Bubble Bobble before I figured out about the side missions towards the end of the game to actually get the good ending of that damn thing? Oh my God. 
You know that music now just popped in my head now. Dum 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 da dum dum da dum ba da ba da ba. Sorry. It's all good. The nostalgia train. That's what we're on here. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Uh, right, Ash, uh, oh, over yeah. to you for your 2D game. Uh, funny enough, it's not, not an RPG game. Uh, fun fact, obviously, we're talking about my, kind of my entry into RPGs, but uh, my brother had a Mega Drive. He, he, he's a few years older than me, so uh, he, he had a console where I had a handheld because, you know, I was too young at the time. Couldn't, you know, not responsible enough to have a console just yet. Uh, and Streets of Age. Uh, because it's a fantastic 2D game and the soundtrack, even to this day, is, is fantastic for a 2D game. So I, I, w- I would say Street Trades and Shinobi were the two that kind of stuck out for me for Sega because that's Shinobi. from, from, a, from a, like a, a childhood kind of memories they are to the two that I have quite fond memories of. Uh, talk. Do I have to pick just one? Uh, if you can, I cheat. If you want two, we, we all, we've all taken two so far. So if the <laughs> rules are only one, we already <laughs> threw those away. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, one of them would be Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I put so many freaking hours into that game. Uh, never actually beat it because that last boss was just freaking pain in the goddamn ass. Um, the fact that someone could you, you could get to the last boss, I felt was always an awesome achievement for anybody. Um, but that game was just insane hard um, and then Super Mario Brothers 3 when the movie The Wizard came out and that was basically shown off in that movie I'm like I must have that game it's Super Mario and he's wearing a raccoon and he can fly oh my god this is amazing so yeah those are my two that will leave a, a big imprint on my uh, on my life in my childhood uh, one that really stands out for me is the original Pitfall again oh, I don't yeah. remember what I played this on <laughs> it might have been one of the political plays it might have been something else but I just remember in this room where I am now that wall just behind the TV was set up there I'm playing Pitfall and I had my dad in the background just blasted Pink Floyd and nice. it's just a nice memory of my dad from back then like my dad was never interested in games he enjoyed his music and that's good enough for him but uh, another one that really stands out is uh, oh, I can't even think of his name no. uh, a bit like Ash with the, like the side scroll fighting was <laughs> uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie <laughs> you used to remember just playing out with a buddy before school every day for about four months Literally half hour of playing it. Go to school. <laughs> Don't think we ever finished it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just go to the part where you do the magazine battles, all the controls got a bit weird, and then it just went silly. But that's two for me. Uh, let's move on to the next evolution, the first 3D era. So around the PS1. Ooh. Yeah, let's say up until around the PS2 Dreamcast got released. Uh, who wants to start on this one? I'll leave it open. Why don't you, Flynn? You've been going Ooh. last every time. Yeah. Uh, two to stand out, but not for the reasons that I would like them to stand out, is two games I never finished until much later in life. The one is currently on your shelf behind you, Mike, Legend of Dragoon. 
Because at the end of day three, not knowing where to get the bloody codes. <laughs> and the other one was uh, Breath of Fire 4, uh, as soon as you get to that giant open plane. Just going, how the hell do you get through this? How the hell? Yep. I literally spent hours upon hours in it. I just gave up. Like, the rest oh, of my time on the PS1, I managed to get through the games. Like, love the story, like Final Fantasy, Metal Gear, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, all that stuff. But it's no suit the silence, like, for years, like, damn you! <laughs> 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 but yeah, when I come back to it years later, it, it was just such a... One of those moments, like, like the crazy thing for us yeah, I don't know if you know this with Legend of Dragoon you try buying a copy of that over here it is city city expensive PAL yeah, regions the PAL PAL region copies I, I have got yeah. a copy and I've got it bubble wrapped and stored away <laughs> but you, you remember my uh, sad little story of Legend of Dragoon when I like, first had a Playstation yeah. I, I bought it at a car boot sale uh, without a case and it was three discs I bought it was disc one two and three and I played the game it was fantastic and I got to the end of disc three, and then it went. Please insert disc four, and I was just devastated. I I picked it up for like fifty p, so I was like, like that's a couple of cents, isn't it? For you? But uh, yeah, uh, so when I was okay, I'm gonna buy this game, and then like Paul mentioned, the power copy is just extortionate. <laughs> I, I never played Legend of Doom then until about college where we had emulators and did it the, the naughty way. But uh, no, I, I built up a little PS1 classic collection of uh, PAL copy games and that is one of them. All right, uh, since you uh, continued that, Ash, uh, feel free to ah, review this. Yeah, <laughs> really odd one, probably the first 3D, did I just say 3D game? Uh, it was uh, around the time I was 10, it was my brother kind of donated his PlayStation 1 to me. Uh, it was the PS1, not the PSX, it was the miniature size one. And I went to a Target basket uh, in a shop uh, in Asda, uh, one in Blackwood, also one local to you. And I picked up Threat of Fire 4 and Harvest Moon, which is a really sad one from the fact that. Even to this day, I, I, you know, I played my RPG games, but I still play it. I, I, I played Stardew Valley. I think that's quite similar. One those farm simulator games, because this is nice to sit back and kind of relax and just play those type of games. I can kind of see the appeal of like Animal Crossing, but I kind of never got into that. I did try to play the one on DS, but uh, yeah, uh, that Harvest Moon. It was Harvest Moon back in nature. I think it was on the PlayStation and Breath of Fire Four. Who were, the first two 3D games, I guess I played. All right, cool. Uh... Holy cow, you guys are right. Wow, I didn't. So I do a lot, an awful lot of video game collecting, right? Yeah. Like go to conventions and track down stuff. You know, uh, and anyway, spend way too much money on it. Uh, but I don't do a lot of. There are very, very particular things like that. I'll go seek like a Japanese copy or a PAL version or things like that. Hmm it's it's very specific like i i want that japanese final fantasy this one because of the box art right let me go get that i don't just generally let's let's get them all um so i yeah, had you know no, <laughs> yeah yeah i had no idea the pal version of legend dragoon yeah. it's like uh, double the united yeah. states it's expensive it's it's like a buck uh, 50 usd you you cats have to pay like 300 for that usd i oh, i also yeah. have a I also have a copy of Sukaden 1 and 2 on PS1 and those power copies. So do I. 
Yeah, those those are those are getting ready to hit the safety deposit box at this point. Yeah. Uh, they're they're way up there. I was having this uh, discussion with Tark uh, the other day about uh, the Final Fantasy uh, box arts we get over here in the UK. Like in America, you always had uh, full renders where we just get nice crisp box art with just the Amado logo. And yep. that's where I I exclaimed, "What the hell is the the the." Uh, PlayStation name doing on the bottom. That's just insane. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> supposed to go on the side. Come on. <laughs> well, wasn't our jewel cases different as well? The PAL, you know, UK uh, PlayStation PS1 uh, cases, like uh, from PS2 onwards, uh, regardless of what region, the cases were the same, but PlayStation, uh, PlayStation 1, they were different, weren't they? Well, even with PlayStation, we had a lot of different style cases. I think over here we did have to, like the yeah. plastic spine with playstation on side with that box art now with another playstation at the bottom but unfortunately i don't have any single disc ps1 games anymore to compare yeah so you uh, you guys hold on let me grab let me grab something real quick yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, I could go, go go to my wall and grab a bunch of shit too. <laughs> so you, you cats, like we always had the PlayStation One. Our jewel cases were just regular CD cases, right? So yeah, we we had just the clear plastic. Uh, this is of course after the big black plastic uh, boxes. After Sony stopped using those, which were the original. PlayStation 1 boxes. They were ridiculously oversized and hard black plastic. Yeah, we never had that over Yeah, we had those for a little oh, yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember, remember original, those? Talk? Yeah, yeah. The original Resident Evil came out with the big, yeah, like cardboard plastic box. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were dumb. Um, uh, and so we just got these, the regular jewel cases. But the, I think, in, in and you guys can correct me, I think the PAL version, you guys had like a, a black, a, this this little hinge here. On the front cover, yeah, uh, the cases were a this bit was, bigger as this well. This was black plastic and like actually had PlayStation engraved in yeah. that plastic. Didn't you? Yeah, I can show, I can show you that now. Uh, one second. So here is my copy of Super Nintendo. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. So yeah, that's your single. And they were beefy. They were beefier than ours. Yeah. Well, and then. This is Legend of Doom, so obviously it's double case. So yeah, this one's quite. Yeah, so the the box, so the boxes for your doubles were the same as ours. You just had the 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 labeling and stuff in the in a yeah. different place. But yeah, the single CD boxes were totally different. Yeah, you guys, I, think, I, th I like I like your guys better. I like the PAL versions. Yeah, I think even our like, greatest like hits PlayStation games looked a lot different to yours because ours were platinum hits. So we ended oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, which looks so much better than the stupid green and orange. Uh, Never mind. The only issue is or, or they take the off the actual uh, album, uh, the CD art, and just leave uh, what looks like a demo disc. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> downside to it. <laughs> it's like, you know, I want the Amano artwork on you. Thank you. Yeah. So, Mike, for, with the question though, what's your uh, top one or two, three D? Oh, in the in the like the initial three D era, 
So, uh, again, I'm going to go with Resident Evil on the PlayStation 1, and I, I'm very mm. similar to you on this one, Flynn, in that I was, like, a Super Nintendo baby through and through. So uh, I had no idea what a PlayStation... What's a PlayStation? I don't know. doesn't matter. I got my Super Nintendo. And I was sitting at school, and a buddy of mine was reading the strategy guide for Resident Evil at the time. And I'm like, what, what is this? And so I'm like peeking over his shoulder and we're looking at it. I'm like, this, what is, this is awesome. This is incredible. What is this? A play what? Who makes this? It's a Nintendo. No, a PlayStation. Okay, sure. That was the first system I ever spent my own personal money on. Saved up. You know, I got Super Nintendo for Christmas from Santa and like all that stuff. But uh, PlayStation 1 was the first one I went out and bought uh, with my own money. And I bought it, and I bought... Uh, Tark's heard this story before. I bought Resident Evil, uh, and I have the big black box Resident Evil, and took it home and played it and got screamed at by my dad, who was not a fan of the blood and violence in the game. Mm. Uh, coming from the Nintendo era, he had you know not seen that uh, in anything because we didn't, like... I wasn't into fighting games yet, so I didn't play Mortal Kombat. Which uh, didn't even Genesis have the blood on Nintendo anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just sweat on the Nintendo. Uh, they changed the color. And uh, so I he was that. so angry. And that's also where I learned about memory cards uh, because the salesperson did not sell me one. And so, uh, oh, uh, uh, all, yeah, all my progress. Oh. I couldn't buy one till the next week. And so I had to uh, to wait, but I kept playing it. I, I remember coming home from school, and uh, my dad, who had been giving me a hard time about th this game and how it's unnecessary to have this much blood and everything in it, and uh, all of a sudden one day he's like, so what are you doing tonight? And I said, oh, nothing. You done with your homework? Yeah, yeah, I'm done with my homework, Dad. Are you going to gonna play that, uh, that Resident Evil tonight? Because my video games systems were in the living room you know my parents monitored yeah. what i was playing and what i was doing yeah. again things you don't see anymore um so whatever <laughs> with with exceptions tark and i are, are exceptions um but he was like yeah uh, I, I guess i could play it dad and he's like well i want to know what happens like he got so engrossed in the story <laughs> that it didn't matter anymore he just wanted to watch this play out and see uh, and then from then on, he was like a Resident Evil nut. I'm also going to flip over to uh, the N64 and GoldenEye. I mean, come oh. on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. I don't even like first-person shooters. Like, it's it, for generally speaking, I have a few favorites uh, that I still play, and there's new favorites being added to the list, but I don't seek out first-person shooters, and I certainly didn't back then because I wasn't a PC gamer. And there was, you know, any first-person shooter that tried to do something uh, on PlayStation 1 uh, or N64 met with mediocre results until GoldenEye for me. I mean, mm. that game was just nutty, the hours I sunk into that with my friends. Nutty. The only shooter game from, like, that generation I remember playing was Alien Trilogy. Oh, uh, wow. That game. So, uh, first time playing that, and you had the face, I could just jump on the screen. I just screamed. The worst thing about it, my brother had that on the Sega Saturn, and the worst thing about that, because I watched him play it, 
was the level where you get the scene where you're fighting the uh, queen uh, alien and the music is the most anxiety causing background music if you go on YouTube and just you can find that level and find that and just listen to that music it's horrifying the music's worse than the actual levels uh, quickly before yeah, because we... this was like the same. This was like the same era, right? With yeah. when we had going from two D to three D is the same era that we went from uh, chip tunes to orchestrated music as well uh, yeah. in the video game. So that was like there was there's good music and... on the SNES and the NES and the and the Sega Genesis here and there, and you, their iconic beats, you know, the Mario theme and all that stuff. But when you got to PlayStation One, you were just like, whoa. Like I remember the first time I heard One Winged Angel oh. while I was play while I was playing. I mean, they're just, what? What? Um, was this also the first area of uh, voice voiceovers? Legible uh, uh, audio. Yes, okay. there was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a two D <laughs> game. Uh, oh, Anarchy it featured Aerosmith and. Uh, it was a EVGN oh. EVGN episode recently. That's the only reason I remember it. They had uh, Steve Tyler voicing there. They had the actual audio from the band from Aerosmith. Yeah, that was in the arcade, right? It was a yeah, big arcade but game. it was a home console version as well. I still kept some of it. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah, and so I, back on Genesis and Super yeah. Nintendo, there was always like bits of two or three words, or or things like that. So. It, but as far as like fully voiced, realized characters, yeah, this was kind of the era that started breaking into that. Obviously, Metal Gear Solid, a huge example of that. Um, when you hit the PlayStation 1 era, absolutely. And also a game that we won't see do things as smart as they used to. That one codec that was on the back of the box. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, well, I mean that's a that's a holdover from like the Commodore sixty four uh, uh, Macintosh, like those days of uh, anti piracy measures is what it was. That that was like a little holdover when you used to boot up for those for all you kids out there. The like Commodore sixty four and the Macintosh and and the Tandy and all that stuff. There used to be things like that as a piracy measure. At, typically at the beginning of the game, but they could put it anywhere um, where you would get a pop-up message that would be like, pull out this key card that came with the game and go to line five, row seven, or column seven and, and type the word. Or open up the manual to this game, go to page 16, what's the third paragraph, eighth word. And if you couldn't answer those questions, you didn't get to play anymore. Like that was that was it. Yeah, that monkey Monkey Island, yeah. The anti-piracy moon badge is uh, ab moon badge is absolutely right. So that was an interesting holdover, not only as a neat feature for like somebody who wasn't in that era, but from somebody who played for ten years before that. That was a little throwback for us too. So it was a little little double serving there. All right, let's move on to Tarkland for your PlayStation era. So um, I went from you know. NES to this SNES um, Final Fantasy 2 and then when Final Fantasy 3 came out I like I had to have it I was too young to have my own money so um, I had to ask them for that for my birthday specifically for that I'm like I don't care about anything else give me clothes okay that's fine I need to have Final <laughs> Fantasy 3 in my life <laughs> such a, such an amazing game um, but then it was 
quite a while before we had uh, another Final Fantasy. Um, in that time, I went through a PC phase. So I had a friend who introduced me to Might and Magic, Heroes of Might and Magic, um, a, a XCOM, a bunch of cool stuff on PC at that time. Um, and when PlayStation came out, I was like, eh, you know, whatever. Sony, okay, they're trying. Um, I was a little bit more interested in the N64 that was coming out. Um, but when they announced Final Fantasy VII uh, in 90, 97, I believe it was, um, I knew at that point that I had to, I had to have that system. Um, it was such a, a game changer, and I've been a PlayStation guy for forever. I mean, so I could in Legend of La Gaia. I mean, come on, Legend of Dragoon, and um, I this one I sunk probably months of my life into Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen. Oh yeah. Um, as far as you know, maybe the top two. 3D ones that uh, really affected me. Final Fantasy VII um, really dug its hooks into me. Um, and then I'd probably have to say um, Super Mario 64. I mean, what it was able to do on the N64 I thought was just mind-blowing. You know, bringing Mario into a 3D area was just it's amazing. This is the best thing ever. Of course, it got better, but, you know. But was you kind to the baby penguins? <laughs> oh, Never. Times. You find both of them and then throw them both off the cliff. Yep. Punt them. Bye. Bye. Right. Right. Let's uh, speed up a little bit again on in the show a bit. Let's uh, combine the PS2 and PS3 style eras together. Because we are going forward in technology where everything just expanded and gone crazy. Uh, yeah. I'll start again with this one. For uh, the PS3, uh, Resistance, uh, Fallen Man really stood out. These giant mm -hmm. Leviathan battles. Yeah. And I remember just playing the online with that and uh, trying out Mag when that came out. You know, the really ridiculous size uh, online maps on the console. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, trying to think what really stood out for the PS2 for me uh, probably Fahrenheit uh, Indigo Prophecy as you know it over there by Quantic Dream Yeah, just the way uh, they used the controls for you move them when you climb in the way you interact it was just so immersive back then and it really drew me in to the point that I've loved every game Quantic Dream have released since and I'm really hoping they recruit enough people for the Star Wars game and it's good. Uh, Mr. Byrne, do you want to go next? So I'm going to I'm gonna pick uh, three here. Yeah, go nuts. Uh, but, uh, but I'll go quick. I'll go quick. Because two of them kind of relate together. So I'm going to lump Dreamcast in this era because Dreamcast yep. was... It was like a PS2 equivalent, yeah. yeah. Right, nine nine ninety nine, right? And... Um, so I'm going to say Fantasy Star Online and then on the PS2, Final Fantasy XI. So this was like my technical um, 
first time with online gaming. I knew what, you know, was going on in the PC world. I had played the occasional games of Warcraft or uh, Age of Empires online and things like that. But, you know, that was me dialing up a friend, playing them. Uh, these things were just mind-blowing for me at the time, uh, opening up the world to massively multiplayer games in general, RPGs in these examples, but MMO in general. And the, the technology just, like, warped my brain, like how, how far we had jumped. It was like, we just had dial-up yesterday, and now we're on DSL, and cable's becoming a thing, and look at what we're able to do with it. Uh, just absolutely fantastic from a, a technical standpoint and really introducing me to online play because growing up, um, we were not well off, my, my family. We were, yeah. you know, we were not well off. We were on the poorer side. Uh, so we didn't have a computer that could do those things uh, until much later in, in my like 19 years old, 20 years old, just as I'm moving out of how the house. That's probably what like freed up money actually now that I think about it. Like my, <laughs> I moved out of the house and all of a sudden my parents had money. Imagine that. Um, you didn't eat your mouth folks in Rome anymore. <laughs> right. But as far as one of my favorite games that a lot of, and it's not a technological marvel in this era, that's why I gave you the MMOs for that, is Coldcept on the PS2. Uh, take, Magic the, take Magic the Gathering, take Monopoly, uh, and mix them together, basically, uh, and put them into a game. And, man, the hours that I just spent playing that against people, against you know my wife and against my, my kids when they were older, they need to make a new Coldcept. It's been too long. There's only a couple of them. You can get the original was on PS2. There's an Xbox 360 one. There's a handheld one as well. If you get a chance, any of them will do. A Coldcept Saga is out there as well. So check them out. Check them out. Cool. Ash, over to you while uh, talk's missing. Did Tark just like go pee? Is that what it was? <laughs> oh, <is? yeah. laughs> He's uh, I will, I'm going to pick two here. Uh, one on the PS2 and the other on GameCube, obviously, because we're in the same era. Uh, for the PS2, it was Persona 3. It was kind of my introduction to the Shinigami series. Uh, fantastic game. Like, yeah, I know Final Fantasy has its kind of Japanese elements, but it has the appeal to the Western market where Persona, especially the Shinigami games in general, keep that Japanese influence. They don't kind of do it to a to panda to the west type of thing and yeah. yeah it was a fantastic game and like moving from like the light lighter easy rpgs to then playing persona and that was punishing enough and then i played the shinigami series the main like mainline series and that's uh, i've just recently picked up shinigami 5 and yeah you you, you don't mess around <laughs> like that game will punish you if you make a mistake yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely Persona Three definitely got got me into the Shinigami. So that would be the one. And uh, for GameCube would be Tales of Symphonia, which Ooh, that, that's yeah. another game. If you have yeah. a power copy, it's very expensive. But yeah. Tales oh, yeah. of Symphonia was fantastic. It was uh, it was the first two disc GameCube game I'd ever seen. <laughs> that's for sure. And uh, yeah, just the the story was fantastic. Such a like quite I think it was about eighty hours uh, to play it if you just kind of go through the the game in general. If you actually know what you're doing now, because and again that was my introduction to the Tales of series. So I picked up Graces and, and Exilia on the PS3 where it stand out really well. And uh, um, amongst the others, Avise obviously quite recently, but uh, Symphonia was fantastic. 
Yeah, uh, before we go over the talk, I have to say, Ash has been uh, my introduction to a few standout things like the Persona series, the Tales of series. Oh. Took me a while to get me into Persona because his introduction was Persona 4 uh, with uh, the second palace and going, yeah, it's just this steamy gay hot tub scene. And it's like, you're trying to sell me on this album? <laughs> <laughs> Might but eventually be- did go to play but sort of all golden on a Vita and just loved it yeah ash i went the other way with you i uh, than you did i started the first my first experience was uh nocturne shin megami tensei nocturne oh, on oh, the ps2 God, yeah. that was and and then was like man this yep. is ridiculously hard this is totally something i've yeah. never played before uh can't compare it, it was- to anything and then jumped to persona and had to go persona. pick up and luckily it was they still weren't worth like Mega bucks yet, so I was able to go back and grab the PlayStation One versions and start catching up on the Persona series. Right, talk over to you, mate. Uh, uh, SMT three was like the Dark Souls before Dark Souls came out. <laughs> <laughs> it was difficult for just for no reason whatsoever. Um, but maybe that's why Persona existed to have a little bit easier and some social dynamics and stuff. Um, I'm going to give three, like one for each of the consoles. Um, for the PlayStation 2, um, I was big into EverQuest. I, uh, this is where I started my MMO journey. Um, and when Champions of Norath released on the PS2, me and my buddy that played EverQuest sunk untold weeks and months of our lives into Champions of Norath, replaying New Game Plus like three or four times just because it was just a fun grabber stabber to use you know Jason Winter's term um, it was it was awesome uh, for PS3 uh, I'm gonna have to go uh, Dragon Age Origins it, it was such a throwback to RPGs of the past um, the, the, the turn based the stopping kind of you know, the dice roll kind of feel to it. it it was it was so good um, God I wish Bioware could get back to that um, and then for GameCube, um, I'm going to have to go Skies of Arcadia. Oh. Uh, oh. That's a good one. Gotta, oh you got so to play the OG, Dreamcast. Right. Break out your Dreamcast. Yeah. Okay, that's, Dreamcast. The only, yeah, that's the only get, two. I have to get my GameCube from the X, okay? She still has. <laughs> Did you uh, play Grandia 2 on the... That was... Uh, that was my first Grandia, and I fell in love. Yeah. That was Grandia, Grandia 2, Grandia 3, Grandia Extreme, they're all on my wall. Oh, yeah, Gra- uh, Grandia 2, Dreamcast. Yeah, two yeah, yeah, you're Dreamcast. Right, you're right. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Grandia 2, I played on yeah, the I PS2. Yeah, it came out on yeah. the PS2 later. The only Grandia ones I really remember I had on uh, Dreamcast was uh, Shenmue and Soul Reaver Legacy of King. There's a series that needs to come back. Square has it. They do. Square has the rights to it. Yeah, and they went ahead and did Nosgoth and then killed that, too. Womp womp. And with that, let's move on to our current generations. Well, this 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 is also the era, by the way, the PS2, PS3, Dreamcast era. This was, we went from uh, no communication to not only typing, which had started in the PS2 era, but now voice communication in from PS2 to PS3 and 360 and all of that. Remember? This is where we started breaking out the headsets on consoles. Yeah, it oh, was. Yeah, 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 a yeah. lot of uh, Call of Duty World of War on the headset. Yeah. 
I mean, you want to talk about it? PS3, um, Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Still have my bot. Rome Reborn, right there. Yeah, I remember SOCOM on the PS2, right? Oh, SOCOM, yeah. Actually being able to <laughs> oh, give commands. Yeah. yeah. Again, when, another sometimes, thing, though, just Sometimes you weren't even talking to another player. You were just, like, you're doing the, the AI yeah. Alpha uh, command. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So underrated. I, so underrated. I, I think I would have flagged Final Fantasy XI because I did play XI on the Xbox 360. Uh, but that play online sign up just kind of ruined it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I do remember coming up yours, Ash, and you were on the Xbox controller. Add that keyboard you plugged in just so you could type oh. in everything. Yeah, I mean, I had a keyboard for the Dreamcast, and I had a keyboard for the PlayStation Two, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> Moon Badger. The only time uh, I we used already type on the and PC, keyboard yeah. on the console before uh, the PS4 was on it's the PS2 playing Dirge Cerberus. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't use a mouse oh. on either of them, but I, I did use uh, the keyboard for typing in uh, EverQuest Online Adventures. Anybody remember that? Um, uh, yeah, I didn't. Type Final it. Fantasy, <laughs> Final Fantasy Eleven, and uh, PSO two. Yeah, up until or, uh, 14, PSO. Sorry, PSO. My yeah. online gaming was limited to RuneScape. Ah, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, the PS, uh, PS four, PS five, the Xbox One the era of really high fidelity graphics uh talk do you want to start with this one? Oh my goodness where to start man my collection's so huge and i love all of them so much <laughs> um the, and then the fact that they've remaking they're still putting out ps4 games is, is and remakes and all that fun stuff um god where do i go i don't know yeah, I don't know where to go with this, to be fair. Come back to me. I, <laughs> I don't know. There's so many good ones. Uh, two quick, easy ones for me, uh, both from the PS4, just because uh, the storylines just blew my mind. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Ghost of Tsushima. Both those storylines ah. played out like a movie. Everything, all the side quests bleeding into a finale. Everything you do, it wasn't just fetch quests. Everything led yeah. itself to that ending. Both yeah, games. Ghost of Tsushima had me when their title splash, with their title splash. Yeah. When you go riding through the flowers and they are all... Oh, yeah, through the pampas. Coming up in the wind. Yeah. yeah oh. It's so me when you're just that initial scene on the horse and Jin uh, reaches down to put his hand through it. It's like, yeah, I'm in love with this game. Turn it into black yeah. and white mode. <laughs> Go uh, classic uh, Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, I played Elsla and the same with Horizon Zero Dawn, especially coming from Killzone. It's like, well, these guys are FPS guys. The gameplay looks cool. They're just playing the story, learning about Eloy, and just. Yeah, I was at I was awesome. streaming Tsushima when the first time uh, when it launched, and I was like, "All right, we're gonna get a splash screen at some type point." Chat, and then when it showed up, it was like, "Okay, that was gorgeous. That was very cinematic. Uh, I love you. I'm hooked." <laughs> and for a third one for me, it it's an odd tie for me because God of War is another one, cinematic masterpiece. But there's one thing with God of War. I'm a huge Stargate fan. And it's our point where Kratos is up the mountain and he just does a perfect teal indeed. I'm like, 
Yes. Chris Judge, <laughs> I can indeed. never go back to the old Kratos. You give me my indeed, and I'm happy. But uh, if it wasn't God of War, I'd be mentioning it'd be 14, because this is the point that I really got into the 2.0, and my love affair with 14 that's continued since. So it's really hard to choose between those two. <laughs> I'd have to probably you, choose 14. Are you, when you play 14, are you console or are you PC? Uh, PC, no. Uh, I PC tend no. to, if I visit the in-laws, uh, they've got a spare TV. I take my PS4 up with me. <laughs> I cannot go back to PS4 no times. When I eventually get a PS5, yeah, I'll swap between them both. Take the one upstairs. Uh, Ash, Mike, either of you know which games you'll choose? Uh so you, you took the words out of my mouth when you said Ghost of Tsushima. The the only reason I would say that too, and um, I know it spans multiple generations, just like GTA V, but Skyrim, uh, because uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Skyrim are two games where I didn't, I'm not like especially on a PlayStation. I don't do trophy hunting, uh, and, and a friend of mine, Jack, he, he he kind of just you'll play through a game, just ignore the story, and you you said. Uh, he just plays purely for like trophy hunting and kind of spoils a game so I don't do it I play for the story but they are two games that I found myself platinum again all the trophies for the games not because I was aiming to do that just because the games were just so immersive so f brilliant and just I, I just found myself doing all the extra every little bit of side content every little side story I could do I you know I was I was doing that before I even finished the main story and obviously after the main story I was like what, what else could I do what, what else is there left to do usually when you know the credits roll you, you know good game bad game you just go oh that's that's it it's done but no with those games I was like there's got to be more to it <laughs> especially with Skyrim's uh, quest encoding so it always generates something new yeah, so obviously, I, I, when I said, oh, you've got to complete all the side quests, you can't do that. So what I was talking about is the, you have the side quests, but then you have the, kind of like, the companion. Uh, uh, Skyrim's the one where, you know, about 2,000 soldiers took arrows to knees, right? Yeah. <laughs> roughly, yes. roughly. All yeah. have the same roughly. story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I agree with you with fourteen as well because I I I'm 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 not afraid to admit that, that game can make me ugly cry. It does. <laughs> That's just the story. I, my my friend is is quite big into anime. He asked me the other day, "What's the best like ending to an anime you've ever seen?" And I said fourteen. Uh, mm. And and end Walker to be yeah. more precise. The end the ending of that it's just that will trump any kind of anime ending. <laughs> it's just it was just epic. Talk, do you know your set, or should we let Mike go? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, I do. All right, go um, ahead. So I got two um, for the PS4. Um, Mike should know one of them. Um, when I first came on to Ready Check Radio um, and I started to stream, I didn't know what to do. Um, and Mr. Byrne kind of guided me to this path and rekindled my love for this series that I hadn't played in quite a long time. To the point where I had to, to play the game so much that I platted it. It was like 120 hours, all on Ready Check Radio. Mike, do you remember that game? Yeah, that's going to go ahead and be uh, Dragon Quest Elusive Age. Yes, number 11, so good. Um, 
that's what makes me actually worried about Dragon Quest Twelve because if they're gonna change the formula of the cartoon and and the kind of levity that Dragon Quest has kind of always had, um, I'm 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 a little worried about it. But um, so that's one of them. Um, the second one, um, you know, I I like Dark Souls. I like you know the the difficulty, um, but Bloodborne. And its aesthetic, um, the goth, gothic style, um, having two weapons equipped at a time, each weapon having like two different modes. Um, the difficulty was just perfect. The bosses were epic in nature. It, it's such an awesome game. I hope that it gets a, a remaster with the higher frame rate because um, it deserves it. It's it's. Yeah, gonna the be fans an have been clamoring for, for that. 60 yeah, FPS for Bunt. Yeah. But uh, I was going to mention this earlier when you mentioned Dark Souls before Dark Souls. Have any of you, well, I know Ash has, uh, played Kadelka? Oh, yes. Oh, funny story. Oh, I got a Kadelka. Can I tell Kudelka's Go. story? Go for it. I bet, I bet you didn't know anybody was going to remember Kudelka. But yes, I have a Kudelka story. I bought Kudelka uh, at a Kmart in uh, in Monroeville, in Pittsburgh, where where I live, Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, I'll give you my address after the show. Um, so I went to a Kmart. Yeah, I'm, there's only three left now, but that's fine. So I went to a Kmart. My friend was dri- uh, at the time was driving. My girlfriend at the time was there. Now my wife. And we went in and we picked up Kudelka because we we were into like Fatal Frames and, you know, obviously Resident Evils and Silent Hills. And okay, Kudelka, that kind of fits the bill when you're seeing it advertised. Right? Yes. We go in, we buy Kudelka, we come out, we sit down in the car. We haven't left the lot yet. And it was one of those double disc box because it was a multi disc game. And we open the, the thing, the wrapper, the cellophane, to take a look at the manual as we're getting ready to pull out. My friend is the one driving. I open the thing, and there are four AOL 50-hour free discs in the box. Uh, every word that I'm telling you is 100% true. There are four AOL 50-free-hour discs in the box. What must have happened was the Kmart employee stole the game and threw it through the shrink wrap machine and sealed it back up and put it on the shelf and now I have to go into this store and convince somebody at customer service that I did not do this (laughs) that I need a copy of the game that actually has the game in it Luckily, customer service didn't care. Like they, they were just whatever. We don't care. <laughs> Fine, go, go get another game. But I om- like had I not opened it in the lot, I would have gotten home with two hundred AOL free hours that weren't free because they would have cost fifty dollars. <laughs> and there's no way Kmart would have taken it back had I not like returned it five minutes after yeah. I walked out with it. So yeah, fun. But yes, great game by the way. <laughs> Also, a game that you should recognize the Welsh voice. It was set in Wales. <laughs> yeah, that was um, me being dumb. I, I remember. I, I, it took me a while to remember uh, Claudica, but um, 
that game, I, I my mind was blown when I found out that Shadow Hearts was connected to that. I was like, oh, you've got yes. to be kidding me. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. Speaking of expensive series I'm about to take. Yeah, I'm about to take all of my copies of that series to the safety deposit box, Ash. Yeah, Shadow Hearts. Oh, yeah, I, think, I don't blame you. Uh, I, yeah, I, my friend has both of the Shadow Hearts games, but uh, yeah, you were saying they were set in Wales. It's Aberystwyth, if I remember. Uh, yeah, the it's first one, the Shadow Hearts' last battle was above Anglesey. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to... So, well, that's, that's three, including Kadalka, or...? No, oh, not including Kadalka. If you, cl- if you include oh, okay. Kadalka, there's four. Well, I, I only thought there was Kandaga and, and uh, Shadow Hearts 1 and 2. Oh, I didn't know there was a third one. Yeah, it was Shadow Hearts 1, New World and Covenant, I think. Yeah, I had New World. I didn't... I'm not sure about the film. I think it's Covenant. I could be wrong. We're going we're gonna to see it now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's, no, no. it's Shadow Hearts, <laughs> Covenant, and From the New World, yeah. There's your, there's your four pack. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, I had one and two. I've never played the third one. I didn't even know the third one existed. <laughs> there you go. I love the combat system in, in the in Shadow Hearts, man. That's spinning oh, yeah. thing. You gotta hit the target. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, did we get through uh, both of your uh, games here, talk For a PS4? Yeah. Yeah, it shows uh, Dragon Quest XI yeah, yeah. and Bloodborne. All right, uh, Mike, over to you. Uh, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X era. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give one to con- one of my awards to Control. I loved Control. Uh, A fantastic game. Uh, love the the gameplay and the story. I'm into weird occult shit. Well, I mean, we were talking about Kudelka for God's sakes. Yeah. Next, we'll uh, be talking about Eternal Darkness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> I I love control. Uh I gotta give another nod excuse me to uh probably Metal Gear five. I know that's not a controversial exactly. choice. <laughs> yeah, it's a controversial oh. choice. Uh I and I don't think David I, I, I David Hader definitely should have been the voice for, for Solid Snake still. Uh sorry Kiefer. Love you, but stick you should have stuck to twenty four at the time. And uh yeah, I, I like it. I'm sorry. I like it. But I want to not pick some of the ones that you guys did. I, there isn't a single thing wrong with any of your titles. I would absolutely pick them. And then I'm going to go with one that is generally played on PC, but uh, I'm playing it on the Xbox One an awful lot, more than I've ever had in my entire life, because the series has been basically there my entire life, and that is uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, the newest versions of that are just absolutely incredible to play. My son, my oldest son, is in flight school, so we've been messing around with their uh, all yep. that stuff a great deal. Yeah. And Have I'm you got a our, with it. Uh, perfect home cockpit setup yet? <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. We have the we, we have the flight stick, we have the throttles. Uh, we do not have the rudder pedals yet, but we have been looking at them, and we have been looking at the like the the mounted chairs where you could just like screw everything down into the chair. The only reason it's not here yet is because I'm like, where the hell would I put this when we're not using it? 
that's where you're also working on the room edition, right? So you right. have the whole right. Well, no, thing. I'm just gonna buy a studio and move all of Ready Check Radio stuff there, and all you oh, just. That'd be cool. Yeah. There you go. That's the way to do it. All right, I think we've talked about Is that. Is that why way. you asked me to come to Pittsburgh? <laughs> yeah, I need help moving. <laughs> yeah, I think we've discussed our history of games a fair chunk. Uh, so yeah. let's move on to the back end of the show now. We're 14. Mm. Like, I am completely obsessed with this game. It is just the writing between Ishikawa, Oda-san, all the way through as Corby, even Realm Reborn. As much as people mean what the story wasn't that good, it drew me in. It was Final Fantasy, seeing the Malbros and everything else, it just drew me. The story intrigued me from the get-go. And, you know, all these years later now into 6-1 today, without me spoiling it, it's just like, holy shit, I need the next patch now. <laughs> and that's just the MSK from the day going, right, you're connected, listen, 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 listen. Just mind-blowing stuff from a realm born, coming back now, leading into what's next. And you've been seeing on uh, Ready Check Radio, Mike, this is such a fresh slate of where things can yeah. go. But it still feels familiar, but new and exciting. And Especially mm-hmm. out of handle characters, we get a new perspective as well. It's just uh, the storytelling is just gone. It's so good over the years, especially with you know seeing them do all these side quests with the Namazu especially and Hildebrand to get these comedy faces that they add in extra places. So you okay. get the creepy Lalafell stairs now. We fought chaos there. already. It's, it's in Omega. It's just Lollafells, okay? It's just Lollafells that are creepy. Yeah, uh, I've been running a D&D homebrew campaign with Asher and the two boys that in the, the Twitch chat as well. There's a couple of others. And uh, the one plays uh, a Lollafell. And his uh, little token now is, is Lollafell with in release ice. <laughs> That's his token, just as he wanted to <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy and amazing but yeah uh, I remember before Heaven's War came out I was playing Dragoon then seeing the uh, the red artifact armor for Heaven's War I was like holy shit this looks amazing just like right uh, or I've released yeah I'm going from Hrothgar you know big bulky I want a Simline Dragoon I want that jump fantasy now and then played with Dragoon non-stop ended up uh, swapping to Dark Knight during Stormbloods because we needed a more regular tank in the free company ended up uh, going through some stuff deleting my character <laughs> took about a year off came back uh, started with Warrior this time uh, got all up to the end of uh, Stormblood Shadowbring released Gunbreaker announced Squall Fantasy Digital Deluxe Edition Squad Revolver yeah I'm sold <laughs> and I've been gun, uh, gun breaking ever since I still dabble with other jobs you know leveled everything up in Shadowbringers so I could at least know enough about each job of doing raids and stuff yeah and but, and you want to do the role, role quests oh yeah especially yeah. yeah but it was more uh, just every time we uh, put it online we, half the time even if we're just running expert dungeons we're just hanging out chatting Especially during COVID, because I'm a full-time carer mm. for my wife. She has physical disabilities, so I don't tend to go much. Yeah. It was like, you know, all the COVID stuff didn't happen to me, because my socializing was still the same. I was still only doing shopping <laughs> yeah. once a fortnight. <laughs> so it kept me sane during all of it. 
what? There's a pandemic? Yeah, while you guys were sequestered in your little homes, I was dealing on the healthcare side of things during it. God, that was fracking awful. Yeah. It was a crazy time, uh, especially with everything we know about what was going on on 14 side with the delays and soaking and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 14 has been a good place for people's sanity across the board. No doubt. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if any of you guys want to chime in about why you love the game. Oh, uh, well, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, I was going to say one of the best memories I have of 14 was uh, uh, me and my brother uh, traveled out to Japan and we were out there for a month. And uh, oh, cool. when, we were in, when we were in Tokyo, I visited the Eorzea Cafe and uh, got to sit there and have, uh, I've got the... the the omelette but that had just, it was all the themed uh food from from the game and uh just just to be i i logged in i was because you, you were online at the time Paul. no uh, no surprise there but you, you were online yeah. you're always online uh and yeah it was just funny because i've kind of with, with my work i i've i i, I worked in dread for a few months and and I was in Denmark as well, so it was funny because I was always logging into 14 just from like different time zones. <laughs> and, and Paul was always online, <laughs> so it was always something to play with when, when, when I jumped in. Something to keep to normality. I I, I bought uh, you back some of the coasters, didn't? Uh, of uh, from the Yosia Cafe. Yeah. Every time you ordered something, they give you a coaster with the uh, job theme, and uh, I I just. Every time we ordered a beer, it came with a card. So I was like, "I'm gonna collect all. <laughs> this is gonna be very easy." <laughs> so yeah, that 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 was that's probably a good memory to have of 14. Certainly. Talk. Well, as I stated earlier, uh, I was part of 1.0, so I was playing on PC with that. Um, and I lasted about a month and I had heard that they were going to relaunch to do a 2.0 and I wasn't really sure and then I happened across this show with these two guys that you know that kind of piqued my interest um, back into 14 um, god what was it called um, what was it called oh XIV Reborn um, that piqued my interest for that to co- for the game to come back and <laughs> One of the saddest parts uh, of coming back to 14 with A Realm Reborn um, is that I was with my now currently ex-wife, but she wanted to try to get into it too. Well, I was already on PC, was going to get, you know, free code for PC because I had already purchased the game and we were going to get it for PS3 for her. Well, she couldn't wrap her head around the controllers. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll swap with you. It's fine. Um, so I started on PS3. She did. She took the code and started her own account on PC. Um, unfortunately, with that swap, she took the code for the Kate Sith minion. So I can no longer get that minion. It makes me very sad that that's one minion that I will never have unless they put it on the cash shop, which I, I doubt they will. But um, yeah, I've been a fanatic. You know, watch all the shows that I can, Mr. Happy, 
um, XIV, very boring. Where you know when it as long as it lasted, Mog Talk. I, I try to soak it all up, um, and I am excited and happy that I'm part of a, a Square Enix program with uh, Mr. Burn here, um, pretty much every week to get that stuff off my chest because I love talking about it. I love the game so much, and Endwalker has just been amazing. It's been crazy good. Yeah, I picked up a, a remnant of uh, the original 1.014 quite recently. I needed a, a soundbar, so I went for Adobe Atmos soundbar for my PC. And mm. uh, there was a few of these left on eBay. Oh, uh, so I, uh, nice. Uh, the only remnant wow. of uh, 1.0 I have left. <laughs> oh, I got, I got one more sadness for 14, actually. Um, so because of the pandemic, it shut down what was supposed to be my first fan fest and i cried i actually literally cried when they canceled it I was like, Please, no yeah we were in the same boat over so, here it was the first one for the uk i was like oh it's only london we uh, could drive down yeah and then yeah but in a way i'm kind of glad the digital fan fest went away it did it was such a good event we uh, a couple of us at the fc we all just jumped in discord to watch it live uh, Ash here went delirious at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and just passed out <laughs> on us. <laughs> yeah, you guys turned into Ready Check Radio to watch it there, right? Uh, we just had to scream up by itself, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> we would have talked over you. <laughs> uh, good times. All right, Mike. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long, a long haul. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was Final Fantasy XI from launch day in North America on the PlayStation 2 all the way through PC. And then when 14 was announced and we started getting wind of it, it was just, you know, all of us longtime 11 players that were there for every expansion and uh, were just like, you know what? I just want Final Fantasy XI with a WoW interface. Like, we didn't want much. We were just like, can we get away from menus and just give me like a wow style interface? Just westernize this. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, that's all yeah. we wanted. Uh, and then going through beta was just heartbreaking. Oh, it was just heartbreaking because we were giving all of this feedback and we also mm -hmm. knew that they weren't listening. They, you know, the, the team in charge of the time I mean, nothing was ever officially translated for us into English. It was all done through fan sites and, and forums yeah. and stuff because it was just Japanese or bust as far as the development team went. Uh, and so all this feedback we knew was not being heard. There wasn't going to be huge changes. And then we get version 1.0. I, I don't know if, uh, if you felt this, but like two weeks um, left with the beta like and launch days just around the corner, I'm like, like we're going to get like a delay. Yeah, there's got to be a delay. We? Yeah, there's got to there be a delay, be. Yeah. and it just wasn't. And it was just released as it was. It was like, oh my god, this is awful. Now the thing was, oh. the thing was, I was uh, and still am such a Final Fantasy fanboy that mm -hmm. when the team started making changes to who was there and the direction, I already knew I was going to give them a second chance. Maybe stupidly on my part, but I knew I was going to give them a second chance. Uh, and I'd been covering games forever at that point. And I didn't, I had no, like many, I had no clue who the hell Yoshi P was, right? 
he oh he worked on a Dragon Quest game. Great. Okay. Cool. What, he's in charge now. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, can't be any worse, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> so ready to find out how bad can it be? Right. How bad can it be? Have you um, seen the the YouTube um, meme video? Really? Uh, oh boy. Uh, one oh, point yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> Yeah. I, one point just, on just, thank just, you. Just one point <laughs> on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but like we we all play MMOs for what you guys are talking about, like the memories, the camaraderie, mm -hmm. the friends. It's why people still play EverQuest today. It's why people still play RuneScape today. It's why people still play fuck Meridian today, right? Because oh, of who, generally speaking, because of who they're playing with, even at the expense of the game isn't what it once was. Um, so all of those things you say are true, 100%, 100%. Um, the thing that surprised me outside of that stuff, I knew I was going to like Final Fantasy storytelling. I knew I wanted a Final Fantasy MMO that was in the style of a more modern MMO with some of the things we'd learned through World of Warcraft and other MMOs through the years. What surprised me was the team behind it, uh, particularly Yoshi P. Um, the man's philosophy and approach to the why this works and how this should work is just something that not only do you not see in gaming, you don't see it even within Square Enix fully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Square yeah. Enix is talking about NFTs, is talking about blockchain technologies, talking about things throughout Chocobo GP in the worst microtransaction-fueled thing, like... They're making typical gaming decisions, but when it comes to 14, the philosophy behind it, driven by essentially one person at the top and a team dedicated to that division, or to that vision, I couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah. It's a Final Fantasy MMO in a modern control scheme. That's all I wanted with an amazing story great pvp or pve yeah great pvp <laughs> yeah, get the hell it out does of here. now. It does uh, now. and you know i knew all those could be good but the philosophy is just wow wow yeah. i have to respect that uh, uh along with my love for the game yeah, itself that's been the biggest thing when i've tried to get people into it is just the transparency if there's yeah, something wrong with the game they will own up to it they yeah. will tell you what you're doing with it when you have somebody at the top that says, hey, our sub-based game that we we depend on you paying $15, $14, $13, whatever your sub ends up being for you, because there are variances if you're legacy and stuff. Um, for somebody at the top of that to say, Flynn, if you want to bounce after you're done with the 6-1 stuff and go play some other great games, because there are tons of great games out there, and then come on back at 6.5 and resub up. Cool. Yeah. Have fun, and we hope you enjoy the games. You don't hear companies say that. And when oh, you man. do hear them say something like that, it comes off as false or lip service, where you know that it's just legit when Yoshi P says it. I mean, this is a man that got on stage, bowed, and cried, asking for forgiveness yeah. uh, and, and, a, and an apology. For something he had nothing to do with, he, you know, he wasn't he wasn't in charge for 1.0, but still. So 
Yes, everything you've said. Great story, great game. Love it. Friends that I've made that I've never met in real life, but are still friends with to this day. All of it true, but I got to respect the vision behind it too. You got to give credit to GP on the fact that uh, yeah. how he managed to save that sinking ship. Uh, yeah, as it was, and to a point that the main line of Final Fantasy is thirteen really did get quite. And I didn't find it so bad, but yeah, it, not not ideally the best. They kind of started right. moving away, and fifteen again because of the turmoil with the development and all that. Having to throw it out versus 13 and like recycle a lot of what they had, and it just kind of felt messy where they put it together. And you would think that people would be concerned with Final Fantasy 16, but now you know it's uh, it's creative business unit three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have I'm not worried at all because when you know that man's running running the, the development of that, you I have full confidence in him that that's going to be... Yeah, I think I walk away looking at 16 going, you know, the only thing I might not like is the story. You know, I have confidence in the game and its mechanics and, and the you know, I'll probably enjoy its combat and I'll probably enjoy some systems about it. Really, the only question mark for me is, am I going to like the story or not? We'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see. <laughs> and if I walk away not liking the story, that doesn't mean it's a bad game for me yeah like, uh, with you know, the transparency. kingdom hearts to me is great games and yeah. at this point i really don't care about kingdom hearts stories anymore uh, kingdom hearts 3 soured me so much i've yeah, said I, I, I've, I talked about that yesterday <laughs> i know i've said it so much, i've said it to talk i've said it to you on ready check radio kingdom hearts 3 was 80 percent kingdom hearts 4 prep and two percent kingdom hearts 3 the rest of it was random disney worlds yep yeah they, they they kind of got rid of the Final Fantasy element for the three as well. Yeah, we so, exactly yeah, said that. That's exactly yeah. what I said on yeah. uh, like, on the many, relic ride yesterday. How many yeah. times can you have Pirates of the Caribbean now? How many times can you do Olympus Coliseum over and uh, over and over? Uh, how many how many movies are there for Pirates of the Caribbean? That that many times. There you go. <laughs> and well, the world didn't feel like world. it added to anything and, either. And then the Kingdom Hearts four trailer, and they finally given Sora normal size. Yeah, and also oh, well, uh, only only in that one area. Though. And also they made, made him that, look yeah. like <laughs> that clear uh, in the interviews later, as well as looking like the main character of Bouncer. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> uh, now I can see the PS2 cover in my head. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. Mm -hmm. I do have to go to sleep tonight without nightmares. <laughs> but yeah, it is the transparency with uh, the fourteen team. Uh, the way I discovered that wasn't actually through 14, it was through 15. If you can remember when uh, Tabata used to do those style live ladder things for the development of yeah. 15. Yeah. Because it was after 15 that I actually ended up playing 14, and just like, right, this is where it comes from, and I can see why it worked. But yeah, 15 was a mess. <laughs> well, Especially a if you read the book that came out, just like, oh, <laughs> all the content that they added yeah. in the book. That would have finalized the story into a proper epic end. That, that was my big problem with 15 is that if you wanted to experience the full story, you had to branch out into all these different pieces yeah. of multimedia, um, the anime, um, the, the book. Um, was there a manga with it? Uh, it was well, the was... anime, wasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. Kingsglaive. Kingsglaive. Kings I thought it was actually pretty freaking cool yeah Kingsley I, I like Kingsley cool. but the fact that you had to go to all these different 
avenues to get a full coherent story really rub my feathers the wrong way and it's not even that coherent until you get the book at the end yeah uh i mean let's be king's king's glaive leading into the game uh wait your your dad's alive all of a sudden wait what what is going on here what is going on here yeah, it's a prequel. It was what? Uh, day one the patch to add scenes from Kingsleaf into the main game? Yeah. 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 They had to. I, yeah. I just think they were a bit overambitious with it and from the fact that they clearly must have run over budget to like try and recoup what, what they put into development. That's why it was kind yeah. of a bit oh. of an incoherent mess. They released it kind of partial release and then it was all DLC. It was, you know, anime, there was film, there was book. And that's kind of the only way they can get that full story. If the, all those media's, if the the book, the the shirt, the the anime, and and the game itself, just one game, it it'd be a brilliant game. Yeah, I remember it reading an just an Aranea like story years. in that book, and it was just yeah. like, I can visualize this boss battle. Yeah. Why did we never get this? Does does that ten years include the whole versus thirteen? Because they did scrap yeah. and kind of. Yeah, I mean that, that that's when they announced it. That's that was its initial iteration, and you know, yeah, fifteen to sell as well. Three redo, years from drop scratch. it, come it. Oh. I don't know from when they officially announced fifteen. I just know from when they announced you know thirteen versus it was yeah. just. It was the same time as Final Fantasy thirteen, and uh, yeah, well, what they we came to know as Type Zero. Nova Cristalis Fabuloso something right. something. Fabula Nova Cristalis. Megan Cheeseburger. Yeah. yeah, that was what? Back in 2006, if I remember? Something like that. Yes. It was, I can still remember it because it was the first time, uh, no, it wasn't, I think about 2000, yeah, it was 2006, but it was in 2007 I got my first job and uh, the first, my first pay, I bought a PS3 and and Final Fantasy 13, so that was the first thing I picked up. So, so you did that responsible thing with that first paycheck. All right, all right, good job, oh, good job. Yeah. Oh, the first oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Final Fantasy <laughs> I actually bought was uh, 12. Priorities. 12 was my first actual purchase for out of my own money for a Final Fantasy. The, the ultimate irony, I just want to point out, uh, with that fir first paycheck that I had and spent it all on new television, 3 at the time, is that... I, had, I got that job, and then four weeks later, the recession hit, and uh, they, oh. laid, well, they laid off all the new starters, myself included. So I, I was laid off from work before. I didn't save Plenty none of, of that money. Plenty of time to play 13, then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, back on to 14. Uh, mm. This is going back in all of our issues a bit, but with just initial run before, most of the point that really made you go, holy crap, this game. Oh, I was going to shut sh uh, such devastation. No, it was it was a scene before. <laughs> uh, for me, it probably had to be uh, Bahamut Prime. Seeing that and experiencing that, and the, and the cutscene between Phoenix and Bahamut, having a story cutscene after finishing a raid, like my God, they can do whatever they want and put big story segments in raids. This is insane. Um, and it was such a, a core piece of the story that tied you know, the 1.0 to 2.0 together 
and to put that as a, a lock piece of content in the in the, in the raid uh, just absolutely was mind blowing to me. Um, but Bahamut uh, fighting him in the raid was just uh, epic and and really solidified for me. Yeah, I'm playing this for the long haul. Absolutely. Yeah, mine's mine's similar. Not not so much the cutscenes themselves, although they're appreciated, but just the story sequence from the cap off of the original Realm Reborn MSQ, where you have the run through uh, uh, Praetorium and and Castrum, like that whole sequence, the last few levels as you're closing into fifty and finishing the MSQ. That whole sequence was just like bam, 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 bam. Content scene, content scene, content with scenes in it, content scene, content scene. Uh, and I just like kept pushing on that one. Um, and then the fact that when that was done, and we really only had Wanderer's Palace and Amdapur Keep to do at the time mm. uh, to, to farm, the fact that I did not tire of those the way I had in other MMOs like World of Warcraft and when you get to that point in the expansion while you're waiting for patches and content, where you're just in the in the daily grind um even though we only had two dungeons i was still enjoying those dungeons a month down the road a month and a half down the road two months down the road that's when i was like okay this is going to be a little different than the way i play wow i don't know if i'm actually going to take breaks from c14 like i their mmo i think for me <laughs> out of all the things it could be uh it was Orin Bale. Early oh, Orinville, tanks without tank stances, just the chaos. I was like, this is so chaotic. I fucking love this. It took forever to get... Yeah, I think we actually timed out the first time I ever went into Orinville. You know, I think that says a little bit more about you than it does about the game. <laughs> yeah, chuck chaos on me and I'm happy. <laughs> but yeah, it was also doing that generation where uh, you're level grinding was either first room dark old or you was in curve central just doing fate grindings and doing uh the svara fate for the first time and it was just the old mm. zone was populated like countries are now i'm just like oh this is crazy eye for an eye fate yeah oh yeah the amount of people who died there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got to a point that cyclops is up nope thank you i'll get a hit in while i'm in the party and i'm running away to something else Oh, and Behemoth would pop in that zone too. Mm. Just madness in that zone. I remember uh, first time seeing Odin, I was level two. My friend was like, "I'd want to see something cool." Yeah, just run through there. It's like, oh, that's Odin, Cleave. Cleave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Ash? Well, it's a bit of a tricky one for me because obviously you were trying to persuade me for a good while to join 14 so I was part of 1.0 but you, it was, I think you, you lot were in, in our FC uh, were kind of at end of like the post uh, Dragon Song and like Heaven's Ward and kind of when the Stormblood was coming out and uh, so I'd seen kind of the mechanics and uh, I thought the music was fantastic but uh, I think Round my ball when I kind of downloaded the trial version, and it was I think it was just because I had seen the game and and I I was kind of almost sold at that point. I thought oh, I'll try the trial, but it was just the the trailer, the answers, uh, the, mm. the, the video, the opening video of Round my ball, 
because obviously I played 1.0 and that's kind of like how they've killed off 1.0 and restarted yeah. and that video and the music as well that was epic uh, and yeah like like you see I, I had played uh, MMOs before uh, uh, because oh, I did play RuneScape uh, a bit when I was younger but I just I couldn't get into and same with 11 it was kind of one of those old school uh yeah. MMOs uh, that if you're trying to play by yourself, because there was me and one other uh, friend of mine played Eleven, but he used to play and it was just me then. And it's quite hard to play by yourself. And uh, but yeah, it, I I felt compelled to play the game because there was you know, Paul was playing it, and then it was the, a few hours in the FC, and yeah, definitely the, the kind of the, the multiplayer of it, and just and just from the fact that. You can go off and do single player content as well. It, it is, it, it, and especially now with the six point one patch, they 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 start now that allow you to run trusts uh, for the uh, run reborn content. Because uh, there's certain things that I I I would like to do by myself. Uh, as Paul would probably uh, know, I I I play machinist. I'm DPS, and I am a terrible tank and a terrible healer. But I will trust. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I I I'd, I'd like to go through as a trust and try it out then at least then I could know how to kind of hold my own and and how certain mechanics work. So when it comes to actually run it with like our FC members or or just if we do a, a random uh, daily roulette, that uh, I'm somewhat competent. <laughs> so yeah, it was a kind of a tricky one. I was kind of sold on four to begin with. So there wasn't really any point in run with them. And I'm okay. I'm I, you know stick. Just so you're aware, Ash, you are cutting out a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's... He's just really excited. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, since we're getting on time, I'll leave you, gents, with two more questions. Uh, what was right. your first job in 14? Black Mage, done. Only because Red Mage wasn't available at the time. <laughs> um... I, I, any MMO, I generally start with a caster class of, of some type. Uh, and in Final Fantasy, my favorite job is Red Mage. That was my main in Final Fantasy XI the entire time uh, for a decade or whatever that I played that game on a daily basis. Since it was not available, I used my sub job from Final Fantasy XI, the one I used the most, Black Mage, as my main. And then when Red Mage came in, Red Mage became my main. And now Black Mage is my main again right now, but it's always between Red Mage and Black Mage at any given point in time. Nice. Uh, for me, it was simple. It was Dragoon. You know, all the great Dragoons we've had over the series, Kamari, Kane, Sid. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to stick it with a stick yeah, and jump in here and just go down <laughs> back in... Early uh, wow. Reborn, Rose of Thorns had like spear uh, dance pole sort of animation. <laughs> you say Kamari's a dragoon, but he's more blue mage. He's a blue dragoon. Blue dragoon. He still he's has jumps, so he counts. <laughs> okay. Gosh. Dragoon for me as well. Yeah. Uh, however, the, the constant pressure not to play to the stereotype of being a floor tank uh push <laughs> <laughs> so i am now a machinist i i i, I thoroughly enjoy machinist well, they state. lowered the animation lock for you guys uh, again so you know hopefully you can stay upright 
Super speedy jumps. <laughs> and, As uh, it should be. Yeah, uh, might be a bit of a tough uh, question to answer, but what is your biggest want? Whether it's content, side content, jobs, whatever. Well, I- I'm going to answer the previous question real quick. Oh, uh, my first job Oh, yeah, sorry. Was, this uh, <laughs> Good podcast. Uh, screw Tark. Um, I- I've always enjoyed being a role that's always in, in need, um, whether that's Enchanter in EverQuest, um, Priest in WoW, uh, Cleric in Rift. Um, so I-, I wanted to be a healer, you know, something that was in need. You know, I want to get those those good cues and, and be requested for groups. So um, the first healer out of the box was White Mage. So that's where I started. Um, and unfortunately, when Heaven's Word came out, our scholar, you know, dropped out and left the game. Um, and we had problems finding another white, uh, another scholar. So I went scholar. And then we found another white mage. Uh, and then when Endwalker came out, uh, Sage has been just absolutely freaking amazing. I love its kit. So good. Yeah, it's a fun job. So, right. yeah, uh, on to your, your greatest want. <laughs> Greatest want. Even Better if dungeons. it could never happen. <sighs> Better dungeons. I mean, it's that easy for me, and I've said it on Ready, uh, Relic Grind many times. It's not that I don't enjoy the dungeons. It's not that I don't think the mechanics are fun. It's not that narratively they don't do a very good job with dungeons. But dungeons are stuck in this pull, 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 boss, pull, 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 boss, pull, 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 boss uh, a pattern. And there's, I, there's no creativity there's no alternate pathing there's no mystery to the dungeon like you know what you're going to get it's just I, I can't wait to see the environment and some of the boss mechanics yeah. that's what you go in there looking for not i don't know what to expect and when you compare that to some of the a realm reborn dungeons it wasn't always like that yeah mm-hmm. um uh, yeah, do you I, remember how hard and challenging stone vigil was the, the first yeah. time you oh, did stone yeah. vigil like, uh, there's no challenge to them. I love them as a content piece. I'm a huge PvE guy, but I, I've said it many times, and I'll keep saying it. As good as their dungeons are, I think it is the single biggest area of opportunity to improve that Final Fantasy XIV has on a PvE front. Give some of you for dungeons. Uh, we was running it uh, for one of our newcomers in the FC the other day. Um, we was doing Darkhold. And uh, after the second boss that you've got the toads and everything, we went all the way down to make sure they marked off the map. And we found a cave with two chests inside. Now, of all the years playing it, I never knew that cave existed and it was chests uh, yeah. inside that cave. Yeah. It's like the one room in uh, Sestasha. You just walk in and it's a bar brawl and you can just let them kill each other off. Yeah. It's just none of this exists anymore and yeah it would be nice to see as much as the dungeons now are big giant set pieces they bigger in scope yeah it's something that's sort of like it we'll have to see what criterion dungeons oh, yeah. bring to us we'll oh, have to yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. yes please. i am open they'll bring something new to the formula ash ah, I, I had to think really hard because i, I don't have a, a really big like from the game uh if i was gonna suggest then something uh it would be um when you're on your mount uh to add in uh what would you call it like 
to be able to interact with the environment. So if you're on a mountain, you just want to crash into something in the environment and it would actually have that animation. Just little things like that would just add to, it would probably add a little bit of humor to the, a bit more humor to the game, I guess, as well. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, you, you when when you want to, uh, when you get like each new mount, obviously kind of one seater, two seater, whatever, uh, the, the the motion like the the movement of the mount is all the same you know it's like they just re they just put a new skin on the exact same thing and it's nothing special about it granted they uh you, you have like certain animations uh for like if you have the tank that you get from the dwarves uh so you could fight the cannon type thing and uh, so if you had a bit more animation uh to many of the mounts that if they could add that 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 would talk Oh, I think we totally lost Ash now. Oh, totally I lost. think said that'd be good at the end. I think that's what he tried to say. Was it yeah. just my mouth, my mouth moving for like five minutes? And uh, no, just at the end, it's in. It's the, end the tail end, end. yeah. <laughs> Do I have um, for me, no. <laughs> you're, oh, okay. oh, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Um, for me, uh, my answer was going to be dungeons. Um, like Burn said, they're the greatest opportunity um, to really enhance the game uh, for a PVE content. Um, but since he took that, um, two little things I would personally like to see is maybe some premium minions come to the cash shop. Maybe you know I'd like to spend five, ten bucks, not forty bucks, for some music. You know that I'm never gonna put in and listen to I they're guess, not gonna um, do that <laughs> like why would they do that that would do nothing Josh, but piss people off i can see your mind going mike when do not make me spend more money on my minions these soundtracks are killing me as it is <laughs> um i would like to actually have like and this might sound weird but like an orchestrian jukebox for my mounts or just out in the yeah upon the world orchestration yeah that would be you could play the music from the car in Final Fantasy 15. Kind of that thing, is it? As you ride around on your mouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Hook, a, hook a radio yeah, up. As famous the reason it is that it's like, Sokin's put all this, and his team has put all this music in. We want you to listen to it. Like, yeah, but when we've gone through the area a million times, just dare us blast uh, answers or uh, the ultimate fruit <laughs> theme, you know, <laughs> just as groove. No, you you would just play longest fall for any dungeon just to give you the motivation. Yeah, just play the twinning in everything. There you go. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, the twinning is the Guile's theme of Final Fantasy XIV. It does go anyone. with everything. Uh, for my personal want, uh, would be a change up to uh, how they handle expansion maps. I would love them to keep a map aside for further into the expansion. Maybe we only get five mm. stones instead of six start, then. Right. Uh, you know, uh, maybe like halfway through Endwalk right now, we get a first area of Mericidia or the yeah. New World or something just to give us that extra tease. As cool as it is, like we got the Seven Front and stuff like that, it just would feel nice to have a new zone to explore that's got uh, Etherites and new quests and new everything that. It just continues our exploration further down. Yeah. Yeah. Wild did Wild did that with Wild did that with Shadowlands. Yeah. Good times. 
I think there we are over uh, an hour 53 minutes in uh, good stopping point <laughs> we went on plenty of tangents talked a lot of games so uh, gentlemen it's been a pleasure to have you for this uh, first episode thank you to yeah, thank chat for you. thank uh, you for the invite it was very kind of you yeah it's just like new with 14 it's like you boys love to talk about it <laughs> you're always good yep. to hang out with over on ready check radio so let's chuck the invites out uh, speaking of uh where to find you? Where can they find you? Let's start with you, Mike, since you've got a busiest schedule. Uh, there's Ready Check Radio. Uh, R-A-I-D-E-O. If you go to readycheckradio.com, all the socials are in the upper right. You can follow Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Weekly podcast, uh, The Relic Grind, focusing on Square Enix and Final Fantasy XIV. Gaming Gumbo, which is general weekly gaming wrap-up. And then a slew of streamers, including myself, doing a lot with Final Fantasy TCG and whatever new games are coming out. Tark and I kind of go back and forth on who's going to play the newest thing. So right now he's running Stranger of Paradise on Saturdays and Sundays. So check it out. Tark? You can follow me uh, uh, Tarkov Gaming at Twitch, Twitter, YouTube playing Final Fantasy 14 five days a week. And over at Ready Check Radio on Saturdays. And again, like he said, Stranger of Paradise. Good times. I think for me and Ash, you might find us here again for the next episode. Don't know what it'll be about just yet, but uh, <laughs> stay tuned. 